You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Good morning, church. You never know how your life is impacting other people. You never know. Today is a unique day here at Hope City Community Church. I'm glad you're here because we are going to talk about community, and then you're going to get an opportunity, an opportunity to join in to community through what we call small groups. I'm just going to talk about eight to ten minutes about the power of community, and then I'm going to turn you loose like the heat-seeking missiles that I know you are to go find a small group that will impact your life. But here's what I want to challenge you with. Don't just look for an opportunity for something to impact you. Look for an opportunity for you to make an impact as well. Because I believe that each one of you have a set of gifts that God has developed in you, and you are not just joining a group. You are taking your gifts to that group to make a difference in that group. Amen. So today, I just want to share for a couple of minutes, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor TC uh, and Brother Scott just for a few minutes to talk to you about small groups. But today, I want to come to you from Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, which is a very cool story where we see Jesus in Capernaum, uh, where he heals a paralytic man who was lowered through a roof. Uh, This is a very interesting story. Uh, If you were raised like me around a church that had a felt board, this is one I promise you they had the felt story for. Uh, I remember as a kid uh, hearing this story, and this was one of the weeks they let me actually come up and put the felt on the board. I remember it well. And, um, and I pray that you had a church that had the green felt board. Uh, that was where the power was in the green felt board. Uh, Mark chapter 2, we're going to read uh, verse 1 through verse 12. And I'm reading from the uh, NIV today. It says, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had gone home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which one is easier? Which one is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. Now remember that. He walked out in full view of them all. What was a limitation to get to Jesus later became a testimony. The people that prevented him from getting to Christ are now a part of his testimony. 
He walked out in full view of them all, and this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So to kind of go over this story and, and put it in Crestviewees for you, what we have is we have a man who is paralyzed, uh, who had a set of four friends, and they set their mind that they were going to take their paralyzed friend to get him healed by Jesus. Well, in doing so, they, they put him on a mat and they're carrying him. And as they get to the house where he was, which if you go back and you study, Jesus spent most of his time in this home, which uh, theology believes was actually the house of Peter. And it was like his second home there in Capernaum. So anytime they would say Jesus is home, uh, after a certain point in the New Testament, what they're talking about is this home, which is in the northwest side of the Galilean Sea, uh, which they called home to Jesus. So Capernaum was a very unique place because when Jesus went home, everybody knew where he was. So as you can imagine, there was a large crowd gathered at his house because of what had just happened. If you go to Mark chapter one, you see miracle after miracle after miracle where Jesus is just going off. I mean, he's just the healing and, and doing signs and wonders. And now his following is growing to a place to where in Mark chapter one, it says that he has to hide out in the wilderness because if he goes into the cities, people flock to him. So here Jesus is in Capernaum going home and the word gets out, Jesus is in the house. And so they begin to flock to his house. And these men who are carrying their friend, no doubt, had heard that Jesus was either on his way or was actually in Capernaum. And so they get their friend, they begin to head toward the house where Peter and Jesus were. And they get there and all of a sudden they see the crowd. And to their dismay, I'm sure, they realized there was no approaching this house. Hundreds of people surrounding the Bible says they couldn't even get to the door of the house, and Jesus was inside the house. So these four men carry their friend as close as they can. They begin to, to think. I'm sure there was one friend who probably said, well, we tried. There's always that one friend that says, man, hey, we gave it our best effort. Maybe we'll catch him when he comes home next time. Maybe there was another friend who said, man, maybe, maybe I know somebody who can work their way. You know, there's always that political friend that can find their way into a situation. I'm sure there was that third friend that probably said, I told y'all this, this joker was going to be busy. I told y'all it was going to be overwhelming. I tried to tell y'all we should have come here last night. There's always that I told you so friend. But there had to be at least one that wouldn't take no for an answer. There had to be at least one that said, you know, I see the door, but we can make another hole in that house somewhere. And what they did is they had the faith to follow the one that saw the access to Christ. And so they go to the side of the house where they they work together to lift this man onto the roof. This is heavy lifting. Can I tell you, having friends sometimes is hard work. And so they lift this man onto the roof 
And the rest of them, you know, somehow scour onto the roof. Some people say there were stairs. I don't know. But I like to think it was a little more difficult just walking up some stairs to make it a better story. And so they, they all get onto the roof, and now they're standing on this roof like, okay, what now? And I'm sure it was the same guy that said, we'll find a way in. Starts looking around. Is there any tools up here? We're digging through this roof. Can you imagine being the other three? Uh, bro, Jesus ain't going to be happy we're giving him a sunroof in his house. This ain't cool. You can't just dig a hole in a man's roof. What if it rains tonight? Are we really about to put the Lord of glory in a rainy situation inside his house? But there was at least one that would not be denied. Can I tell you that we all have friends in our life that have different energy, different perspectives. But my prayer is that each one of us at a certain season in our life get to a place to where we say we will not be denied. We know what God's will is for our life. We know he desires to heal us. He desires to bless us. And we're going to press in no matter what. So now they're on the roof and they begin to tear through the roof. Which if you know anything about that area at the time, it could have been clay tiles they dug through because there was European influence in Galilee at that time. It could have been a thatch roof. And depending on whether you read Luke's telling of it or Mark's telling of it, you really can't tell exactly how they got through the roof, but they made a massive hole in the roof. And then the way my mind works is I get caught up on the details. Did they lower him in flat the way the green board, the felt board told me? Maybe they got about halfway through a hole that size and said, man, close enough. They're going to run out. They think it's an earthquake. Just drop him through the hole. Maybe tie some rope around his armpits and just kind of let him dangle down to Jesus for a minute. You know, my mind starts getting into all these details. But then my mind shifts to what's going on inside the house. It's wall-to-wall people in there listening to their, I mean, they're, they're having their minds blown by revelation of a man who they've known tell them mysteries and and reveal the kingdom of God in a way that it's never been revealed. And now they're tearing a hole in the roof. And I can imagine as a speaker, it's hard to keep teaching. Can I tell you, Easter, several years ago, we had someone who came on the very front row and they had a service dog. And while I'm giving the altar call This dog apparently was struggling with worms and began to drag his hind end across the front of the church while I'm giving an altar call. Can I tell you, distractions for a communicator are real. I can imagine Jesus trying to share with the crowd and being like, everybody's staring at the roof anyway. Let's just stop and see what's going on here. At a certain point, you just stop talking and and you just kind of say, what's going on? I mean, is it an earthquake? Not very common in the area. Something is happening. Something is taking place that is outside of the ordinary. Can I tell you that if we're going to approach Jesus, if we're going to be the friend he's called us to be, sometimes we have to go outside the ordinary. Sometimes we've got to be willing to push through what we thought maybe were our limits previously and go that next step. Jesus says it like this. He says, If someone asks you to go a mile with them, he says, you go with them too. He says, if somebody asks for your cloak, you give them your cloak and your tunic as well. You see, to be a real friend, sometimes it means you've got to go past your comfort zone. 
You see, in, in terms of today, there are some of you who there will be a, a voice inside you that screams as loud as you can hear inaudibly, don't you sign up for a small group. Don't you sign up for a small group. It's going to be weird people doing weird things. You don't want to be a part of that. And here's what will happen. The enemy will remind you of something weird in your past, and it will trigger a fear that will prevent you from moving forward. You see, here's the truth. When they lowered down the paralytic man, we know he was paralyzed physically, but we don't know what paralyzed him or why he was paralyzed. Can I tell you that I've been paralyzed before? I've been paralyzed in fear. I've been paralyzed spiritually where I just didn't know how to move forward. And I'm so grateful that I had people around me that would speak to my lack of capability to move. And they said, if you're not going to move, we're going to move you. If you're not willing to step into what God has called you to, then we will help you step into it. Can I tell you, Troy Peden, right here, when I was, got an opportunity to go back into the ministry, Troy Peden told me, he said, man, you need to step into this opportunity. I said, man, I don't know. I've had some bad experiences. He said, don't think about it. Just do it. You're going to think your way out of a great opportunity. Can I tell you, you're about to have an opportunity put in front of you here in just a few minutes. Don't be like me. Don't think your way out of an opportunity. I want you to realize that there are groups that are going to begin to meet all over this area. And it's not just for you. It's for other people. See, the cool thing about this story is that from time to time, we'll find ourselves one of the four carrying the mat. But there's also seasons that you might be the person on the mat. And whether you're being carried from time to time, and we've all been carried, right? We've all had a hardship. We've all had a season to where we just didn't feel like we could keep moving. We didn't feel like we could go forward. We didn't feel like there was going to be life after we lost this person in our life. Can I tell you, community is a mechanism whereby which God allows us to move forward when we no longer feel like moving forward. Community is so important. Can I tell you this? When I was studying this this last week, God showed me that my capabilities are only limited by my community. Think about that for a second. My capabilities are only limited by my community. Have you ever thought about that for a second? Winnie and I were building a house right now. And we had, to, we had to tear up about an acre and a half of brush to build this house. And I'll be honest with you, my capability to burn off an acre of dried wood, I was scared. I didn't want to move forward. But Max and Coach Charles, they came and helped me. And I'm going to tell you, in about three or four hours, we had most of that burned down. It was my community that increased my capability. So here's what's powerful. The enemy will focus on your lack of capability, and God says it's because you're not in the right community. Can I tell you, who you surround yourself with has everything in the world to do with how far you will go. 
That's why it's imperative. It is imperative that you do life with other believers because when the world can't see your faith, they can't function in your faith. But when you're surrounded by other believers that know how you're supposed to move forward in God's word, when they function in that faith, and you feel like you've come to the end of the road and you're surrounded by the right people, they'll say, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. Let's keep moving together. So here's my, here's my, my challenge for you today. Don't let fear rob you of a powerful future. Don't let the fear of community rob you of the capability of community. You have an opportunity that's coming today. You may be like me. Wendy will, Wendy will tell you a story if you ever get a chance. I used to hate small groups. Man, I used to hate small groups. She signed me up for some of the weirdest stuff. She signed me up for this one. I, I'm not a very emotional guy. and I say that I'm, I'm a little more emotional now, but before I really plugged into the Lord, man, I was kind of dry. And she plugged us into this marriage small group where it was grown men squalling all over the place. And it was just eating and going to weird houses and eating weird food and doing all this. I said, you couldn't have picked a worse small group for me to go to. I'm talking about grown men just squalling. And I was raised that if a grown man was crying, it's because they need to go to the emergency room. Something was wrong. But can I tell you that over time, went to that small group, my fear began to settle. And I saw that those men really were just tender before the Lord and they were so passionate about their life with their spouse. And so they changed me. And my capability increased because of those men. I found out they were strong men who had strong passion. Can I tell you, if you will step through, because I promise you it's about to happen. I promise you it's about to happen. You're going to step out in this hallway in just a few minutes and sign up for a small group. And there's going to be a whisper. Don't sign up for that small group. There's going to be some weird people at that small group. I promise you there'll be at least one weird one if you go. <laughs> you are weird to other people. I am weird to other people. But can I tell you that whatever group I sign up for, I increase the capability because of the gifts that God has in my life. Don't you rob the groups out in that hallway of your gifts. And don't you rob yourself of the gifts of that group. You see, the truth of the story, as I wrap this up, is that the man was no longer paralyzed because of the faithfulness of his friends. His community increased his capabilities because they had faith to put him at the right place at the right time. His life was changed forever. And here's my promise. This is my guarantee. If you will invest into a small group, and I'm not talking about just sign up and then maybe go. I'm talking about really invest in it. I promise you, your life will be changed. I promise you, your capabilities will be increased. And I promise you this, the next time you have an opportunity to be a part of community, you'll step into it with more faith than fear. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.